You're listening to The Digital Deep Dive, where we tackle the newest trends, strategies, and pain points shaping growth across the digital landscape. From Amazon and D2C to international expansion, join our host and e-commerce leaders across multiple industries for in-depth discussions on how to maximize your brands in the digital arena. Now, here's your host, Aaron Conant. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conan, and uh, today we're going to dive into um, analytics, uh, owning your data, uh, what that looks like. Uh, everybody's you know, taking a breath right now. Uh, we're through Cyber 5. It is what's going on, and we're at a time now where we have uh, more data than ever available, but how do you crunch it? How do you look at it? And strategically, what are you doing with it across the board? Um, longtime friend um, of the network, uh, Shreenath Reddy over at IntenWise. Uh, I know a lot of you know him already, uh, but this is just one of those great opportunities to sit down and, and pick an expert's brain for 30 minutes or so. But Shreenath, I'll, I'll head it over to you if you want to jump in with a, you know, intro on yourself, uh, IntenWise, that would be awesome. And then we'll kind of jump into the conversation. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds great. Um, yeah. So just in the way of intro, I'm... Um, I'm one of the co-founders here at IntentWise. Uh, been in the digital, uh, uh, digital advertising and data data space for about 20 years now. Uh, certainly brought a lot of our my prior job experiences to what we do here at IntentWise. And to frame up what we really do here at IntentWise, there is a large market problem, especially in in marketplaces where, and I'm talking about Amazon or Walmart. There is so much data. And someone like Amazon is sharing with us more data than ever before. And yet it is fragmented. Um, and our goal is simple. How do we unify more signals than before around advertising and retail and op operations and help brands make smarter decisions than before? You know, help brands, you know, work that dollar more than before, right? So that's our goal. And in that context, we have quickly three solutions. We have a solution called IntentWise Analytics Cloud that fully automates all your Amazon uh, and you know e-com data collection, better organizes it, accelerates your visualization and analysis and action. So that's one solution. That's the foundational solution. We have a solution that sits on top of Amazon Marketing Cloud, makes your life easy. So you don't have to write lots of SQL. You could get a ton of insights. Without doing that, using IntentWise Explore, which is a solution on top of AMC. And lastly, we have a full-blown ad optimization platform as well, which sits on top of that foundational data uh, solution uh, called IntentWise Ad Optimizer. But that's our solution set. Yeah, yeah so, awesome. And I know, um, so this is kind of like one of the reasons to jump into this this podcast as a whole was just the, the conversation around data. And you'd kind of broken it down into um, strategic, operational, and diagnostic. And yeah. that was kind of a point where I'm like, hey, pause. Like, mm -hmm. we need to, I think a lot of people want to hear this conversation. Yeah. And I, I think we just walk through that and what it means. And how are you guys are breaking it down, just kind of leaders in the space. I mean, you guys come up over and over again. People love what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And so let's kind of piecemeal it apart. That would be awesome. So, I mean, is it best to start with strategic? Like, yeah, where yeah. should we, as we peel these, th these three back? Yeah, let me let me put uh, like re restate the frame that we were talking about before you hit the record button, which is, yeah, great. Like we have all this data coming at us. Like something, some is in batch, some is in real time. 
you got AMC, you, you get all kinds of stuff coming at us. But all of that amounts to nothing if it's if if you're not asking great questions and getting quick answers off of that data. And in essence, that's what I call data strategy. Whatever you do, it is all about getting answers to awesome questions very quickly, right? High level. But the, but what are those questions was was kind of your your, your question to me like hey what, give me some examples <laughs> so just to put a frame on this um, you know we think about it in three buckets like there is a strategic bucket of questions there is the operational bucket of questions and there is this diagnostic bucket of questions on the strategic side customer lifetime value now we've heard this many times before right on the three p side you could get to it a little bit right but with amc coming along you can you can you can get to it much further but questions right do i know the customer lifetime value of my customer can i use that to set acos or tacos targets uh, you know on on my ad spend so that's a that's a question um second like repeat purchase behavior like what products drive the most new customer acquisitions and maybe that's what i should double down on Right. So we're getting just really quick. We're getting to what this is all available through the marketing cloud. Is that is that so, right? Like uh, this yeah. is new stuff that's available that I don't know necessarily that people knew know was available. Uh, there's a lot of questions out there around the marketing cloud, and, and I just it's real time. These questions are popping up in my head. Like you can answer those questions now. Yeah. And it okay. So the answer is yes. Now that fundamentally changes how I'm going to allocate my paid media like yes. you're saying no longer is it just based on um you know the the total cost or total profitability or whether or not my detail pages are up to date or i've got inventory or you know i've got too much inventory and i need to move it like there's this another whole layer that's popping in there that yeah I, look i i'll frame it this way right Aaron? like there's this universe of, hey, AMC has now exposed new signals and hence we can answer some new questions. There is that realm. And we can get there, right? But it's like the shiny object and there's a lot of talk around AMC. But even before you go there, even without AMC, there's a ton of opportunity in what brands are doing with the data that is available outside of AMC, right? How many brands today align ad spend with profitability on products? Like as a as an operating discipline, right? I'm I'm just asking the question, right? So my point is, I think there is questions that can be answered even without getting into AMC. Uh, there is questions that can be answered with AMC. It's a, it's a mix, um, I would say. Uh, but uh, AMC certainly exposes kind of certain new signals. I mean, for example, I, I'll give you some very targeted examples around AMC that we activated for some of our clients during Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Go build an audience of people that added these products to my gift list. Because now I can target them with specific ads. You could do that with AMC, yeah. right? Um, go get me all those audiences who searched a very high intent keyword, never click on my ad. By the way, the click-through rates on sponsored ads typically is what, like, at best, three, four percent, which means that the other 96, 95, 97 percent of people just see the impression and don't do anything with it. But they have expressed 
super high intent of purchasing a product, but I can build an audience of that and go out and, and target them. My point is, there are things, yes, you're right. There are things you can do and answer with AMC that you couldn't answer before. Yeah, I mean, I think that <clears throat> going to your question around the profitability piece, I think a year, year and a half ago, few people were looking at it. Uh, I would say in my, you know, 20 to 30 brand conversations a week, uh, profitability comes up 80% of the time. It's the number one focus. Yeah. Um, but that being said, that's what's popped up over the last quarter, yeah. right? As we get to the end of the year and people are looking at, hey, listen, I'm hitting top line numbers. Like I'm blowing away my top line number, but bottom line, like yeah. it's no bigger than it was a year ago. And so profitability is is a huge thing. But in, in what you're saying is, yeah, yeah, tying that into you advertise more of your most profitable items. Yeah. Also, let's get kind of in the weeds on this yeah. term called profitability, right? Let's just walk through what it takes to build a good product level profitability view, right? You need search ad spend data. You need DSP spend data at a product level. Uh, you, you need unit cost data, which by the way, you'll, you're not going to share with the retail platforms, only you know it, right? As a brand, right? And you've got organic sales data. And there's a bunch of, depending on whether you're 1P or 3P, there's a bunch of different reports, right? You have to bring all those together. You then have to ingest your unit cost metrics into it, which is very specific to you. And if you're a catalog of about a thousand products, you have your own categorization of these products, so that has to be integrated in as well because no manager is sitting there and looking necessarily AC level all the time. I want groups of products profitability uh, easily accessible. And again, in the weeds, but think about sponsored products. There are three kinds of campaigns in sponsored products. Sponsored, uh, sponsored ads, sponsored products, sponsored display, sponsored brand. Sponsored product and sponsored display, you get costs at the product level. Sponsored brand, you don't get costs at the product level. What are you going to do with that? So my point is, yes, you should go. There's a bunch of cool questions, something like AMC can answer, but there's also a ton of things that you could do to get much more price precise, much more organized, and extract a ton more value from stuff outside of AMC as well. It's almost like that is the new standard. So I think about where we were at, you know, a few years ago. Um, we'll think uh, pre-pandemic, right? Where Everybody is the fundamentals where you're getting your product detail pages, your bullet points, your A plus detail page, your uh, your titles, everything fine tuned, and then jumping into paid media, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. And now, fundamentally, the the new baseline is so much higher. Is what I'm pulling out of this is as you're jumping into the your Amazon business review. The fundamentals are no longer just that, yeah. right? But on top of that, profitability as you're just as you're describing it, unit by unit, yeah. So I'm before I'm even getting to advertising, I'm making that choice, right? Yeah. Unit by unit, what is the overall profitability, and then I move that into my advertising piece, overall profitability because I might it might look more profitable, but if it takes you know 500 more impressions. Then overall unit economics say, don't advertise that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is the new baseline. I think that okay. everybody has to be at because yeah. 
the old days of throwing anything up on Amazon and it just started selling, they're gone. They've been gone, but it's just getting more and more complicated if you actually want to make money on the platform. Because we all know you can throw tons of advertising dollars and give a huge co-op and it's easy to take 10 bucks to the top of everything you're shipping out the door. Um, but it's it's harder than ever to actually make money. Yeah. And then the what's also interesting about the, not interesting, we all know this, which is you take a traditional offline brand and you ask the question, who is your competition? The answer will come out like that in a in a in a physical shelf channel. Hmm. You ask a brand, okay, who do you think your competition is? The reality on Amazon is oftentimes the competition is different by product category. And a lot of times you don't even know. Like you're gonna have a three-piece seller suddenly go from nothing to bestseller badge and a bunch of other things unseating you, and you have no idea. So like this, that's by the way, that's another area where like, do you know who your competition is? And do you know what moves they are making so you can react uh, or rather proactively do something about it? So that's a that's a whole other area of uh, monitoring and insight that is going to become important. Yeah, but it's, it's also, already important. Uh, I mean, it goes right back into how you're how you're structuring advertising, right? I mean, your competition it's different on Amazon, we'll say, than in the store. Well, you know, the a traditional mindset is, hey, I'm in CPG and I know who my shelf competitors are in store, so I'm going to go after them. Yeah. Well, them, might, it's neither here nor there. Right. So we're restructuring and reframing. I think what a lot of people have known for a while is it needs to be fundamentally different. Yep. Um, and then you talked about other marketplaces and it needs to be fundamentally different on a Walmart marketplace than just on yeah. an Amazon. and. Right. You know, people are starting to just as your um, it, you fundamentally view Amazon different than other retailers. You need to view other retailers' marketplaces different than Amazon, which they haven't necessarily done for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think so. We got way off <laughs> from maybe we did, maybe we did those strategic questions that people have to ask, but I love going down those rabbit holes. Um, the, because these are like real time questions that I'm getting asked from brands is everybody's trying to figure this space out. Yeah. Um, so, um, where should we jump back to like the strategic side? Well, you know? I, I mean, I think th there's a whole strategic side, right? Like, uh, I think things, everyone uses the word incrementality, uh, right. Incremental impact of ad spend. That is always a tough challenge. There are some ways to get at that answer in some descriptive ways. For example, again, back to AMC, you can look at performance of shoppers who got exposed to ads versus not to see if there's any difference. Um, but I think there's we are still some ways to go in truly understanding incrementality. I know some players have kind of attacked that problem, kind of coming up with an incrementality score and whatnot. But like I think the challenge is like. If you take a black box approach to those types of things, like I don't know that people trust the outcome, right? So, so I think the incrementality piece is still an open question. And my recommendation is, look, you can take a descriptive approach to understanding incrementality, or you can take a predictive approach. Predictive approach is a lot harder. On the descriptive side, you can say things like, look, all my brand spend, I'm going to treat non-incremental. Non-brand, I'm going to treat incremental. Remarketing, non-incremental. So you can assign some scores and come up with some heuristic metric. 
And in absolute terms, you have never run, you have no idea whether it's right or wrong. But certainly in an ongoing operational efficiency standpoint, you can continue to make that metric better. Right? So that is one path. The other path is, okay, like at a product level, throw something into an ML model where you've got advertising and sales data and a bunch of other metrics and see if that model can predict. If I put one more dollar on this product, what will happen to sales? Right? We've done that. But like, you know, that is fraught with some challenges and whatnot. So I think that great precise answers on incrementality don't exist, but mechanisms to make progress exist and we should. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I totally know. Um, just because, uh, so here's a classic thing. Um, I'm in my biology class in, in junior high. Yeah. And uh, the 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 teacher posed a question because they were just trying to sequence the human genome. Uh, you know, and at that point in time it was going to take a hundred years. Should we even start down the path? Yeah. And the idea is, well, if it's going to take a century, one answer is no, don't go down the path because it's going to take so long anyways. Is it really worth it? Are you going to get a return? Yeah. The flip side is as you walk down the path, you learn better ways of doing it. And <laughs> as they learn more ways to do it in different ways to sequence it faster, it ended up being only like five or six years and it was done as people dove into it. And maybe it was yeah. 10 years. I can't know exactly, but it wasn't a hundred before we'd sequenced it. Yeah. And it's, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. You can't just say, no, I'm not going to go down it because it's not perfect right now. It is, how can I get a better answer around it than I have today? And so that again, the choice you make on that next incremental dollar, you have some framework to go by. <laughs> Yeah. Versus nothing. <laughs> um, so I think, sorry, I, I was going to say like, I think on the strategic bucket, like broadly speaking, lifetime value, who is my competition? What is incrementality? Uh, this is all, there's all those questions, generally harder, but much more impactful questions, right? Right. Um, but in the operational bucket, you know, I, I mean, between you and me, like, I just think we can walk into most brands and say, look, here is five operational views that you should really be automating and not spend a ton of time. And you, this will give you a much better view of the business. And uh, you take that time and spend it elsewhere. Right? So there's a lot of opportunity in automating and operationalize, uh, automating, uh, let's call like uh, operational monitoring. Right? And, and what, would, what, are those, what are those pieces look like as people are sitting back today yeah. Are you talking about, you know, automating, you know, the detailed page analytics and review for flagging if, you know, yeah. it's, or yeah. is it, I mean, I'll start with simple stuff, right? Like having a view that brings together search, DSP, organic sales in one view, right? As simple as that sounds, a lot of people don't have that, right? Let's go, let's go start there. Then let's start peeling the layers, right? How about I have a view of inventory levels? and ad spend by product. Okay, that, that's interesting. You could do that today, right? Um, again, we talked about profitability. Profitability and ad spend, right? Or, you know, and I, I'm jumping into a different bucket, but like, I, I think those are just, you know, some examples. And we, we, you know, we can keep going, right? Like, uh, no, I get a voice, right? Um, but are these things that then they just, the problem is, is building those out today I mean, yeah. that's where you just plug in, like they just plug in an intent wise and you yeah. get so, out. 
Yeah, so there's two things, right? One is you plug in so you don't worry about data collection. You enrich your data within our platform in ways that are very specific to you. So you don't have to muck with Google Sheets to say, hey, here's these five ASINs are this category. These 10 ASINs are that category. You don't need to do that. If you're okay with it, you can upload unit costs also. And we also have pre-built visuals that give you canned views. But if you want those to be tweaked, you can do so in your favorite reporting tool. So what we're doing is we're shrinking that timeline of going from fragmented data across a bunch of reports to actual insight and action. And we productize a number of pieces. We also recognize though that like every brand wants to do certain things their way. We are getting out of the way of them doing certain things their way. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, what's happening across the board right now, especially with FY24 planning, like full steam ahead, it is brands need the data and um, the justification for what growth looks like next year and how much they should plan for. And again, like you're saying, they spend so much time in Google Sheets, Excel, everywhere trying to put it together, pull all these charts, getting together profitability and connect it all. Like, Why aren't they driving the business? That's the tough part, right? Is you have all these digital leaders that are sitting there and they know they burn six weeks trying to put together the slide deck to justify their number for FY24. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, like we have helped multiple brands with the top-down and bottom-up forecast, for example, ad budgets for 2024, right? Now, you still, as a brand, you still have to layer in your point of view, right? Your opinion on these things. But if you spend 90% of the time just bringing data together, then you lost time. So what we are saying is, look, there are tools out there that bring it all together. With some manipulations, you make the decisions because that actually is the most critical thing you can do and not worry about just getting the plumbing in place. It's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 we're at a point now, I, I have, there's a lot of people that, it, you know, their teams are getting shrunk and... Uh, no, this is awesome because people they don't they just don't have the time, but they want it and they know the information's there. They just need to harvest it. Um, what about the diagnostic side? Yeah. See, to me, diagnostics is one of those things. What it's it's <laughs> this will sound I'll sound philosophical, but this is like mental health thing. You know, you want to take a vacation and not worry about what the heck is happening at work. The, one of the best ways to do that is you have like awesome standard operating processes for diagnostic things. And those could be very specific things that you have run into many times before. Right? I mean, sudden BSR drop on a product is something that is common. Do you have a set process to figure out what happened? Or is this new every time that happens? Right. Uh, my point is, take those three or four scenarios in the last five years that you constantly run into, whether it is through automation or through process or through training, turn them into standard procedures where someone comes and says, guys, your over-year sales is down by 15%. We don't know why. At the least, you have a process to get to a good number of answers. Right? It should, it should be like that. Right? Part of it is automation. Part of yeah. it is like process. But that's what I mean by diagnostics. No, it makes total sense. I mean, as, you know, as business leaders, you know, and and founders owners we 
when you go away you're com- on vacation, I love the analogy, is you take your computer with you because you know when that one email comes over, you check your email every day because you know when that email comes over, if you can just, and it's an issue, if you can just nip it in the bud at the beginning, it prevents it that little spark from becoming a wildfire by the end of the day or by the end of the week when you get back. Yeah. And and that's what I hear when I hear this little diagnostic things is what you're explaining is have those things in place that are flagging those little things that you you know at some point in time could yeah. erupt into a wildfire, but they let you know about it early enough on so you can handle it and and address it before anything goes crazy. Yeah, I mean, to me, that I think is is super important. Otherwise, I mean, we, you and I, if we've been if you've been in jobs, like we've been through those situations. Like I remember being at orbits, and you know, conversion rate was the holy metric, and it is down by point something percent, and the entire company is trying to figure out what the heck happened. You know, and it's like, man, like we just need like standard ten steps, so we at least isolate areas of problems. You you may not know why, but you know where stuff is happening. Right. So anyway, I, I, to me, that is so important and important as managers to not drive your teams crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you can provide those tools, that's awesome. Uh, what do you, what do you get excited about at this point in time? A, there's so much change. Um, yeah. Yeah. AI, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. There's so much. Um, yeah. I, I kind of put it in this standpoint of, uh, you know, there is a lot of money being poured into tech over the last three years and everybody could have their own little tech startup and as um, businesses, everybody's inundated with 150 different options. And then now as the PEVC money's dried up a little, um, at least it's not being as freely spent as it was before. Uh, we have like the smaller guys going away and we've got like a lot of money, a lot of new innovation being poured into existing successful companies. And so it's spinning faster and faster. And yeah, I mean, the product offerings are, yeah, are, are awesome. Like, what are you excited about? See, I think there is the, I mean, I can answer it in from multiple lenses, right? Like one is just from my own standpoint, the core mission and theme we are on, I don't expect that getting invalidated for the next 20 years. And I believe it has been true for the past 20 years, which is data and signals are fragmented. We are in the business of bringing those together so that brands can make quicker decisions uh, and manage their businesses more efficiently. I mean, tomorrow there'll be another shiny object, another data source. I mean, this is not going to stop. So selfishly speaking, where I sit, our mission stays the same. It doesn't matter what happens to the macro environment. It doesn't matter like printing has stopped and money is not available at 2% interest rate or whatever. But I think that mission uh, and the fact that it doesn't actually has has not changed and I don't anticipate it to change brings us a lot of stability. And that stability allows us to actually innovate. I mean, I I don't know if you know, but like we, we have not raised institutional capital and I don't necessarily think institutional capital is a bad thing. But as founders, we have been on a path where like, we are making choices about where we invest. These are our choices. Nobody is forcing it on us. So the theme is valid. There's a ton of innovation happening around us that we can leverage, like Gen AI being an example. And to me, the most exciting thing to be is to be in these conversations with brands, sharing my point of view, especially on a topic that they don't spend a ton of time thinking about, 
and adding that value, both for me individually and as as a company, I think that you know, I think that uh, I think that's exciting enough. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, you're uh, you're in an awesome spot, and you can tell that you absolutely love what you're doing, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, it's a it's a blessing. Uh, I kind of sit in that same spot. I just help brands with digital strategy and connect with best in class partners all day, every day. That's awesome. And like, I don't know, it's my jam. I, I started off, you know, as a chemist, I don't, I, I don't understand how necessarily I got here, but it's, it's fulfilling, right? My, it's not, a, it's not a job. It is something that it's a hobby that I love to do. And, um, no, this has been super, super fun. Uh, Serena, thanks so much for your time today. As we get to the end of this episode of the Digital Deep Dive, uh, Serena, how do people find you? Is it on LinkedIn? Um, what's I mean, the LinkedIn, best way? LinkedIn, internwise.com. LinkedIn is probably the easiest. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. E- either way. Yeah. Awesome. And, the, and, and we do we do put out a ton of like, if you go to the resource section of internwise, like we just put out a ton of content around analytics and AMC, just purely educational. So I think for what it's worth, you know, yeah awesome uh with that uh we're gonna wrap up this episode of digital deep dive thanks everybody for listening 